0: Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle.
1: Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, we are going to talk all things pro player string setups. And with me, I have Troy and Jay. Welcome
0: thank you thank
1: you what's up these guys are totally the guys you want to geek out about pro setups they know more than most probably more than most players even know about their own strings and both of them i think actually have this like capacity to remember things really well too so they're like like Troy will be like, no, she uses a 16 gauge, not 17, and like this cross, not that. So I know this is gonna be perfect for them to give you some banter on what the pros are playing with. And I don't know when this episode will air, but I was watching the French today and it was reminding me that this is a fun topic because they were talking about Jack Sock. So we can maybe start there. Jack Sock strings, maybe the lowest on the ATP tour. Have at oh,
2: it, <laughs> Jay Sizzle. Jay Sizzle. Yeah, yeah. He, he's around
0: mid-thirties, isn't he? Well, I just, oh,
1: yeah. That's the other thing. Are you mostly in kilograms or in pounds?
0: Oh yeah, I'm in. I'm in pounds.
1: Okay. Yeah. See, I'm like,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he's, a, he's, a, he's at a really low tension of thirty kilos. He's
1: yeah, like, like, yeah, really yeah super low, right? Okay.
2: Yeah. So from what uh, you probably heard, Jay or I've heard is he's kind of like. Bounced around in like the mid to upper thirties, yeah. and the last I the last I heard he was using uh, Alu Power Rough, but I'm not yeah. sure if yeah. that's what he's Alupauer still
0: using. And I think natural gut as well is what I've is what
2: I've heard he Oh, he started he started mixing it. Okay, I think
0: so yeah, I think I, I think I watched I watched the game the other day of him playing, and it I couldn't see too much. I didn't watch that much of it, but um yeah, it didn't look like he had a hybrid in it. So okay. yeah, that's which is incredible if he is because. Imagine mid 30s with natural gut. That's gonna be that's gonna be springing off. So you have to yeah. have technique for that.
2: Yeah. Well, I knew like a, about a year ago or so he was using full poly, and before that he was full poly. So maybe if he did go to a a mix with gut, he might have bumped up the tension since then. But the last I saw, like in a stringing room, it was like mid to upper 30s. He was using full full alu power rough. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, it does, once you start to learn about these players, you know, full poly set setups and how low they go, um, it's pretty crazy. But then again, you look at the way he really uh, aggressively whips through the ball, with, the, especially on his forehand side, you know, that, yeah, that's that brush low grip. high. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, With an extreme grip like that and the amount of topspin that he generates, like, yeah, he, he has a no luxury to be able to go that low because he's never going to really overheat it um he just comes over the ball so often that yeah he, he doesn't have to worry about hitting it that well so i think well it obviously works for him so.
1: yeah it, it does work for him the commentators were being kind of feisty about it and they were like you can literally put your hand through the middle of a string bed it's so loose
2: <sighs> yeah um and he does use uh at least in the past he's used uh more of a, a pretty control oriented racket so i know that like for me, always using like old school player frames, especially like an 1820. I think his racket's a 1620, but uh, that the kind of thinner beam, low power rackets, they do work well with polys at lower tension. Um, I think he's always kind of used that old Aero Storm, mm-hmm. uh, previous generation Pure Aero VS kind of mold. So it does kind of make sense. You know, it's not like he's using uh, a Pure Aero Plus or something like that. That would be pretty crazy at that low tension. But.
1: Yeah. And like I mentioned at the beginning, it's easier for us to talk about strings because as many of you listening know, and we all know, um, a lot of players are using rackets that they endorse and not necessarily are available to the general public. Um, So that's a little bit tough for us to discuss. But then there's also some players out there that kind of go beyond their contract. And a lot of the racket brands also sell Strings and they kind of waver here and there, so I don't know. I want to make sure we're PC and covering everything correctly, but um, maybe we can talk through the big names and their string setups. The first person that comes to mind
2: is Djokovic, yep. Yeah. And uh, you, yeah, he uses a mix, uh, very similar to Rogers, and well, him, uh, Novak. Roger and Andy Murray use very, very close, uh, string setups, but, mm-hmm. um, Novak, uh, goes gut in the mains, uh, the, the VS or well, I think it's a VS natural gut, uh, 17 gauge, a 1.25 in the mains and then, uh, Alu power, traditional Alu power in the crosses. Whereas, uh, Roger goes natural gut mains, Alu power rough in the crosses, but yeah, both of them. Uh, you use gut in the mains uh, out or poly in the cross, and um yeah, I mean, I kind of it was hard for me to understand you know why so many players on tour were mixing using the gut with the poly, especially mm-hmm. when I first found out a lot of them were doing the gut in the mains. I was like, man, that's just gotta be a lot of power. um how do they control it? I do know that uh, both of them kind of go up in tension a little bit closer to i think I think they're both closer to sixty pounds in that range. Um, Maybe a a little different in the mains and crosses, but yeah, it's just uh, the the more I got to try those type of strings, that that hybrid with the gut mains, you really start to understand that it it really is the total package. It takes some getting used to for full poly players like me, like you, Michelle. Like Mm -hmm. I know Chris kind of struggles with it sometimes, but once you kind of adapt to that feel, um, to me, I I think it really is the best all-around string bed you can find. And it makes sense why (laughs) a couple goats use it. But uh, anything else, Jay, that you wanted to chime in on that?
0: Yeah, um, it it is good worth noting that um, all these players that do hybrid their rackets. Um, one, they they all have control-oriented rackets as well. They're not super stiff, not they're not overpowered. So it does, yeah, it does balance and they and they blend well with the racket. Not too many people, yeah, are playing with you know massively you know pure arrows or anything or pure drives with hybriding it. Um, and second it's also i think worth to note that the, the players that are hybriding and using natural gut majority of them are like traditional like hardcore or grass court players they're not necessarily the big grinders on clay um, they're not players that yeah, extend their their points out to 10 20 plus shots that they're all trying to you know do they either have big serves or they um try to you know come to the net and put it away uh, and like roger does or um, try Tries to dictate the point, I guess, like Djokovic does. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a, that's what I've noticed is that most of the players that do have a hybrid, yeah, they're they're not running as much.
2: That's kind of kind of kind of cool. You pointed that out. Is now that I think about it, I kind of, I mean, I knew that, but like thinking about it, you don't really see like pretty much any Spaniard, you know, the dirt ballers or yeah. whatever you want to yeah. call. Them, you don't really see any yeah. of them using hybrids. They're pretty much all full poly. Um, yeah, so yeah, definitely yeah. like the clay yeah, courts. The, all... Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, all the clay core players, Nadal, Mike Fognini, um, um, who are Monfis, like all those, yeah, the, the French and yeah. the Spaniards, yeah, all of them. They're just full polyesters. Um, and yeah, if, if you're grinding on clay, like you, you need a full bed of polyester for, for the durability as well. So yeah. that's, yeah, Mikey. You, that, you don't want to be able to go through strings as much, which is where you can get away with, with a hybrid and, and not rounding as much.
1: Now, I was trying to think of more people that use a natural gut hybrid, and then I was also trying to think of more anyone on the WTA, and there were two uh-huh. names, or three names that came to mind, and they're all double specialists, and the Bryan Brothers, um, although they're retired now, uh, were hybriding natural gut and slinko j uh-huh. and then Bethany Maddox-Sands also has dove into the natural gut hybrid realm, which also kind of led me to. <laughs> a question that I had for you guys is, is there anyone on tour that you think should change their string setup? Like maybe it would be important and like kind of change the way they're playing because I've hit with some of these rackets and I'm like, how are they keeping the ball in
2: the court? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, as soon as you asked that question, I definitely have thought about that I've had this debate before me and Eric and other people a bunch of tennis nerds yeah. but, uh, about why or certain players should be using different rackets. I haven't necessarily always thought about it with string, but definitely frames. Um, but one thing with those uh, Bethany and the Bryans, uh, both doubles players, both um, doubles
1: players, both Babylon rackets.
2: Yes. And we strung their, We set up, we did their setup for the BNP the, mm-hmm. the times we did videos with them, but yeah, they're like, they're like, Rockets. I mean, cause they, uh, Beth has a pure arrow. The Bryans have the pure drive plus mm-hmm. they both use gut hybrids and they both have them fairly low tension. Um, but what kind of Chris found and when you guys did the review with Beth and whatnot, is it, it's a, it's more of a doubles thing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, obviously they're playing, you know, world, world-class doubles, kind of more traditional doubles, but especially, uh, I, I'd say Beth is kind of a more of an exceptional WTA tour. She likes to get to the net than mm-hmm. hang back at the baseline too much. But yes, if you're transitioning to the net, mostly volleys, maybe a couple of groundies, but really you're you're looking for big serve, uh, easy put away volleys. That's what I think they can get away with that powerful string setup at that lower tension. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think I think um, as well. I was trying to think of yeah, somebody that I would change their setup, and I mean, you can't. There's not a lot of people can't really think of anyone because they, they they adapt to their rackets so well. Um, but do you remember Sam Groth? Like mm-hmm. from right, yeah, I reckon he, he's, he's a big boy, you know. Like he, I think he had probably one of the fastest. Well, he, he was like one of the fastest servers on on the tour um, on oh, the
2: planet. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, on
0: the planet. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't remember exactly string setup, but I know he was playing with like the the pure arrow, um, and I think he had it in a hybrid as well. And I mean, his serves were absolute bombs. Um, which was great. But then you watch him like off the ground and he was just like he was he was spraying a couple. Um, and so like I, if I was him, I would probably change like a full better poly or, or maybe a more controlled orientated racket. If you're a big server, you can probably yes, you still get a big server with a control orientated frame. Um but that that was the only one that I could think of. I think everyone else is Yeah. Sort of
2: yeah. But exactly what I was saying about the frame. Uh, first thing, you know, the frame, you know, like you were saying with, with him, I've said that for years with John Isner, you know, he uses like the beast, which is the back of them was the warrior or the Oh three white before that. And those have all been like really powerful rackets. And I'm like, why doesn't he use like a, a Prince tour or a Prince, uh, yeah. Like the old school tours or what, what are now the phantoms, mm-hmm. you know, or something yeah. like that, just so he could get a little bit more control on the ground. He's, he's still going to hit 140 on the serve when he needs to, you know, yeah. but him, uh, the other one that I, I wish would have maybe stuck to a player's frame was Songa because he used to use an old six uh, one mold back in the day with Wilson and then when he went with Babolat he kind of gradually moved his way into the pure arrow plus and I'm like man things just a rocket launcher like I feel like he could consistently stay on the gas a little bit more if he had a more control into frame but yeah as far as strings go uh, the one that used to always uh, really aggravate me was Serena before she moved into the hybrid because for the longest time i forget the year that she switched i think it was like 20 there was an article on it but it was like 2012 2013 up until then her and venus were pretty much full gut and they were and they were always using oversized frames you know they gradually they used to use like really like game improvement rackets way Mm -hmm. back when like hammer to like encode uh N1s or whatever they were, mm. and then she started getting into more of a, a thinner beam oversized racket to now what she's using now, but they were using full bed of gut at like 70 pounds or something <laughs> uh, up until like 2012, 2013, and then I remember when she first switched over, she started mixing it with uh, with Luxalon. She started going uh, Alu or now 4G, okay. but once she yeah once she switched over to the hybrid, I'm like, her. you could just tell the way she was hitting her ground strokes was just... <laughs> completely more confident you know and yeah. i'm like they're some of the most powerful athletes why are you using a game improvement racket or an oversized racket with gut it's like but that's just what they were used to when they came up you know yeah it's crazy yeah
1: that is crazy i don't know i have all these questions <laughs> and i also want to make sure that we cover a bunch of players that our listeners would be listening to here i know we always get what does nick curious's string set up jay i know you're in australia maybe you've chatted with him yeah. recently
0: um i mean from my understanding, he uses a like it's probably to a pro but it it's slightly softer than than normal okay. um that's like a, that's like a special mix heard. for him or
2: something yeah, like that Yeah, something something oh. is in
0: the 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 string itself that it does make it a little bit softer for him um that's what i've heard and then he just he just strings it yeah like mid fifties
2: okay but I, he do, I, he does I, use yeah. the uh the one point two gauge right the one point two o he uses a slightly thinner uh, from what I believe,
0: so yeah, yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, he hits not too fast. I don't think with tensions. I mean, sometimes he doesn't even change rackets for the game. He just he just plays it. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: we talked about Jack Sock having one of the lowest string tensions. Is there anyone else that's notorious for stringing quite low?
2: Well, there was uh, the one that was like crazy low that was talked about a lot was Daniel Nestor.
1: Okay. The, the yeah, cap- It was like,
2: 25. I don't even remember. Is that right? I heard he was down at like 14 pounds. Okay. Or like, and that he was in the teens. I've, I've heard that he was literally in the teens. Uh, he was using a 6'195, 16'18 pattern, I believe, the more open pattern. Okay. And I think he was going full poly, but oh. um, he was down at like the, mid- in the somewhere in the teens, pound wise. Have you, have, you, have
0: you ever hit with with
1: something
2: that low? No.
0: That's what I was going to say. Now I want to try that. That's. I've never tried anything below like 45, I don't think. Yeah. So have you? Have
2: you tested it? Um, I've gone down in the 30s. I think the lowest I've ever tried was like 35. Um, But I know Chris for sure did that whole experiment where he started at like 50 and just worked his way down all the way until the machine couldn't go anymore. And then he started, he, he did one string job where he just hand-pulled it. But I know when they asked Daniel Nestor in the interview, they were like, it makes no sense. Like, why would you go that low? And he's like, well, why would I work harder than I have to? You know, like, basically, like, (laughs) he's going to let the the string and the tension do the power for him. But as a doubles player, it sounds crazy, but especially like a classic, more classic style doubles player like him, constantly coming to net. You're really not doing a whole lot of swing. You're just Mm -hmm. blocking ball. So maybe he's just getting a lot of a lot of energy return and a lot of dwell time i don't know
1: yeah can you imagine the pocket on that like the ball just like a, fish,
2: like, a, like a fishnet yeah
1: it's literally like the string bed on this rack <laughs> just sinks and sits and then spits back out um i would actually kind of want to try that um on the Uh other end of the spectrum though and we've talked about this before and it was so funny, someone on the Talk Tennis message board (laughs) said that they cringed when they heard that we strung a pure drive at 87 pounds but um, we know some of the higher stringers on tour, I think John Millman is one and Dreddy, Dustin Brown is one and James Blake, I know Troy, you love James Blake, James Blake is one he's actually the guy that encouraged me to keep upping the tension uh last year so who else do we know that strings that high and do you guys know what their string setup is and what their actual tensions are what does millman use
2: millman uses black code okay believe, technical fiber black code he's pretty I think it's like this 16 gauge and mm-hmm. the last time i heard he was like in the upper 60s mm-hmm Sometimes he drops down a little bit to like six. His low his low end is like sixty four. I love it. <laughs> but but like he's in that upper sixty range. And as far as uh, Dustin Brown, as far as I I have heard, the modern players that are still on tour, mm-hmm. uh, Dustin is one of the highest. I think he was at like seventy something with Alu power, like a at full that of Alu power, like like seventy in the mid seventies. I don't know. Or
0: 75, I think.
2: Yeah. Okay. But yeah, and then James Blake back in the day. I always thought he was like up in the upper sixties kind of with a full bed of alu power, but he always used like a really dead, like low power racket, like a old school Dunlop, 218 by 20. So if you string anywhere, you know, above 60 with a full bed of poly in that thing, it's just going to play like a board, yeah. but mm. no knowing, knowing James's style. My man, James, you give, him, <laughs> you, give, you give him anything waist high on the forehand, he's going to slap the hell out of the ball. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably any run at kind of high tension, right? Andy I can't I think, think of anybody like, that, that plays now that has super high apart from those that we've mentioned. But I'm trying to think of previous players, and yeah, Andy Roddick, Andy Roddick comes to mind. I thought he was pretty high. Um, yeah, and he had he had like Pro Hurricane Tour and Natural Gut, I think, yeah. like in, in the mid 60s as well. Yeah, all, all, that all those guys the, with, the, with the big serves, big forehands. Yeah, they're just, they're tiny. They're
1: Yeah, Yeah. I have to speak for my generation of players, which are like these guys, I feel like because we grew up without polyester, and then like, we were introduced to polyester. So like, we were all used to stringing, like in the 60s for that control. And and then like, all of a sudden, the pure drive came along. So like, we all just started stringing polys at 62 pounds, no big deal. No one thought twice about it. Now everyone's like, what? (laughs) So yeah. That's it seems like a lot of those players around my age um kind of are on that top end, so
2: yeah yeah, i mean it's crazy, it's crazy to this day. I still think of when you say you were playing in college, you were competing yeah you were you, weren't you when you first got there, weren't you using like a multi or a syngut? yeah i mean
1: I don't think i don't this is a whole podcast episode in itself, yeah. but like when yeah. did Polly <laughs> come to the United States, or when did Polly come to the u s market? It was Guga. Mm -hmm. right? With Luxalon. Yeah, it was like
2: early 2000s. Right.
1: Yeah. So definitely, I played college tennis with either, I think it was Wilson Sensation. (laughs) And like, I was breaking strings every two hours, like on the dot every two hours, it was breaking to the point at which Cause we recently got to play with some thin gut to the point that like, I could tell you within five balls when the string would break. And that's like my favorite thing in the world. But as a player, you're like, shoot, now I have to restring. <laughs> yeah. Side note on me. Um, what's the weirdest setup on tour? Like who has the weirdest string
2: setup? I mean, for me, I feel like basically nowadays, everything I hear on tour is either a full bed of poly or poly mixed with natural gut. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple players that I, and it's not weird, it's just most pros at the top level you think would be using natural gut. The last couple players that I heard were still using like a poly mix with the multifilament were mm-hmm. like Madison keys maybe, but that was like five, six years ago. And I think she switched to gut. Uh, Osaka was with, them um, I think she was using a, po- a poly with Yonex, uh, Rexis for a little bit, but then now she's natural gut. I think once they kind of find the natural gut or they get.
1: Once they the make it they,
2: to that payday. Yeah, yeah. Once they get the, either they get free, free natural gut or they can get it big payday or whatever. But uh, for me, it seems like everybody pretty much uses full poly or hybrid with a natural gut. Um, I don't know, Jay, anything crazy out there you've heard of?
0: Uh, I feel like it's good to see players that play outside of, of the main polys that most players use. So, for example, like um, Medvedev um, repping Razor Code um, is, is good to see um not a lot of technofiber strings are out there on the market apart from like red code and black code which some players use but um and uh berantini um yeah i'm not 100% sure on the exact one but i know you think is it Signum pro um yeah i, think I think is signum. a
2: firestorm okay okay
0: has, like, uh, yeah
2: i don't know if yeah i don't know if signum has like a big distribution in italy or something like that but yeah, it's kind of cool that he's using it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah, well I'm a little bit different, I'm a little bit yeah. weird but
2: uh, yeah, it's good
1: to see. Marcos Giron uses a pretty unique brand. I can't remember.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good friend of his or something that has like yeah. his own string company. It's called like what is his, the name of his string is like Blue Steel or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, but I don't know the, I don't know
2: the brand. Yeah. I don't know the brand, but uh, yeah, you would figure like his ranking or like a lot of guys in his, you know, coming out of college, they pretty much all use Selinko. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the ones that play American college tennis end up, you know, going on tour. They, a lot of them use Selinko just because Solinko, like, basically, like, owns the Division One yeah. college players. <laughs> to kind of just put their string out there for all of them to use, and they have really good stuff.
0: Right.
2: Um, so, not necessarily crazy, but yeah, there are quite a few Solinko players. It's it's always good to see Query or you know Jennifer Brady using Hyper G. Um, mm-hmm. Sloan, Sloan, Stevens supposedly was using confidential for a while. So Haley and
1: Louisa use hyper G.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Shout out. Nah. Some of our listeners asked us to spill the tea on some, not like, I don't know, I guess gossip. This isn't really gossip, but I think it's something that the average tennis player wouldn't realize. Um, a lot of pro players are still paying for natural gut. So, uh, a lot of people think, Oh, they're pros. They get everything for free. Not true. A lot of pro players, I know there's, um, one brand in particular that charges their athletes for natural gut. And so they, they're still paying a premium price. So that's funny how you, Troy, you mentioned once they kind of like hit that echelon, you know, number one, w- top 10, I'm sure is not paying for their natural gut, but there are players that, um, do use natural gut restring very often and are paying for it. So, yeah. Fun little like assignment. one of our,
2: uh, girls that we were working with for Team Tita or do at least she was doing content with us was Nicole Gibbs. Right. And, uh, she, yeah, I was surprised when she said that she uses gut cause I know that, you know, obviously she's got to be paying out of pocket for it, but, yeah. uh, yeah, she's one of the gut players and restrings quite a bit, you know, they all do. So.
1: Which one leads me to another question or comment. Um, We've seen some players that are hybriding polys and we have actually a couple sponsored players that hybrid polys And I kind of always just wonder when they're ordering their string, like, Hmm, (laughs) how does that work for you? Um, I think specifically Christy on does what ALU and And element element. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And then what does Danielle Lau
2: hybrid? She does, um, they're strings as well, right? Do like adrenaline, so. adrenaline rough. Yeah. Gut. She does it's, gut with adrenaline rough. I okay.
1: Think.
2: Okay. So, so it's like kind of like Roger set up, but she doesn't use the Alu rough. She uses adrenaline rough. Adrenaline rough. How I did think, you guys yeah. know
1: about anyone else hybriding two polys? Um, yeah.
0: Casper Root is one. He, he was one of the, the pies that came to the ATP Cup and I'm strong his racket. Um, he had uh, Pomitua Pro and to spin. Did to he use main the,
2: main. probably the spin in the mains or the spin in the cross?
0: Uh, he had. Yeah, you tested my memory here because um, <laughs> um, usually
2: it would be the shaped in the main, and yeah, the smooth yeah, round yeah, of the
0: that's, cross. That's I, I'm almost yeah. certain it wasn't. I, I remember okay. it was a little bit different, but, but I, mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah I, I think he had point to a problem in the mains. Um, yeah, I can um, Do you, can you think of anyone else?
2: Yeah, um, I actually didn't even know this until uh, I had reached out to our Solinko guy, but uh, for a while, I don't know if he still is, but Donald Young was doing two, two different gauges of Hyper-G. I think he was doing like, <sighs> I think so, I'm pretty sure. He was doing like a 17 main with a 16L cross. I know, I know DY is a kind of a, a, a gear, he's really into this gear stuff, you know? DY, if he's,
1: you're listening, confirm yeah, or deny?
2: <laughs> but um, he was using two different gauges of Hyper-G. Besides that, um, I know the last, one of the last times I heard Feliciano Lopez was using um, two different polys. Uh, he was using, I believe he was, and I know Gael Monfils recently tried it as well, but I, I believe he was doing Alu Power with his uh, Luxalon, his old school Luxalon Timo, which is like an 18 gauge, mm-hmm. mixed with Alu Power. Um, and then I think Gael Monfils a few months back tried uh, mixing because he used to be full bed of alu power and he went alu power with element, I think. So, those are a few that I've heard of that they mix uh, mm. just kind of maybe like a stiffer poly. And then they're, I, mean, I don't know, if maybe getting a little discomfort and they didn't want to go like to a natural gut and they just went with like a thinner poly or a softer poly um, type of thing. But that's mm-hmm. interesting.
1: Uh, I wonder if, I mean, obviously they can feel the difference, but I also wonder if it becomes like this mental thing. I don't know. You're convinced that that's going to change it i don't know it would be interesting to ask them
2: yeah because we do get like quite a few people on youtube or whatever comment or ask us you know hey should i mix um you know kirschbaum black shark with ultra cable and we're like <laughs> yeah that might be like a cool color combo yeah or, you know you might get a little more grip from one of these over the other but like most of the time we're just like we just go full hyper gear we just go full ultra cable or whatever you know it's like right. we don't we don't oftentimes mix too much, but there are certain cases where I could see you want a really sharp, grippy poly in the mains, like an ultra cable and then maybe like a really thin 18 gauge, uh, RPM blast or something really slick, like a Wilson revolve. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes sense. Cause there's a lot of hybrids coming out nowadays, like mm-hmm. the Prince hybrid, um, uh, the Weiss cannon ones where there's like a really sharp, you know, thicker gauge main, and then a really thin, smooth poly in the cross to really get that maximum kind of like snapback effect. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know
1: who else. What, who else's string setups? Can we talk about? Like, why can I not think of any players <laughs> at the moment? Let's talk some WTA players. What is Petra Kvitova string with?
2: Kvitova uses, um, I believe she uses Alu power, Alu power rough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not sure if she mixes it or not. I know she uses one of those and I thought it was a full bed. I, I believe amazing. that. Um, but a couple of the, we we're talking earlier, like, uh, Jay was mentioning, you know, not too uh, often, a lot of those, those natural gut hybrid players mm-hmm. tend to use like really control oriented rackets. Uh, but I was thinking about a couple of WTA, but there are a couple exceptions on the WTA tour. Um, you know, Serena, but Serena, you know, she went from over super oversized racket and full gut. And she kind of actually is using more control now, yeah. <laughs> more control frame and a hybrid with natural gut, but still it's like a one Oh two or she was using the one Oh four. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that comes to mind is Carolina Pliskova. Mm-hmm. She she uses a Pure Drive with a, a Pro Hurricane um VS Gut hybrid. So kind of powerful racket with a with the gut setup, but you know, just looking for that easier power, I guess.
1: Yeah, what is Kenan string?
2: I
0: was just going to say Kenan is pretty similar. I'm pretty sure she yes has uh, um, uh, like the Pure Drive, and she's got natural gut,
2: RP. and and blasts and crosses. I think mm-hmm. yes, uh huh. She does the uh, RPM Blast VS hybrid in her pure drive. Uh, what was the one you said, Michelle?
1: I said, what is Halop string with?
2: Halop goes, I'm pretty sure still full poly. The last I checked, I think it was Alu Rough.
1: Okay.
2: It was, it was Alu or Alu Rough. Like her, yeah. Spitalina. they all kind of use similar setups. I know one of them uses the regular, one of them uses the rough, but, but both use full poly. Here's an interesting
1: thought. Um, A lot of times, and we have the opportunity to chat with some of these players and talk to them and work with them, but a lot of times they want to play test different string, but they've never had the opportunity of more than like a month to actually take the time to do so. So do you think that maybe this year we could start seeing 2021, some players trying out new combinations of strings, or do you think at the end of the day, they're just going to stick with what they know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel it,
0: like they. that are changing. It's not too often. Um, I mean, some people change, you know, as they as they go. I mean, now's the perfect time to do it. You know, mm-hmm. half of them aren't even even playing. So if you go, if you want to change something now, now's the time. Um, but I I don't think we're going to see too much. I think I think people are just so used to it. They're brought up with it. You know, they like a certain feel, and yeah, they tailor their game. With their game, not an tailor their record to their game.
1: It was kind of funny. We do have a sponsored player who is sponsored by Selinko, and she was sent strings, and it was a different gauge than what she normally plays with. And it took her a few tournaments to realize. And finally, she told her partner, like, hey, I none of these rackets feel good. Only the racket that was strung two weeks ago at this tournament feels good. And she realized it was because they sent her the wrong gauge. So, like, see, you are dialed in. You do know what you like. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But I, I, I'd be interested to see if players take some of this downtime. If there is going to be downtime, the tour is going to, um, coming up with more tournaments right now. But um, I know Christian, for example, last spring wanted to try new strings, but just it wasn't the right time. So,
2: yeah, I was just like, something that comes up is, or I kind of like saw something mm-hmm. uh, maybe on the message board or something talking about it. But yeah, it seems like when you look at the ATP side for sure, um, a lot of your next gen players, your younger mm-hmm. players, for the most part, are full poly. Going from Tiafo to Chapo, Mm -hmm. uh, Felix Ajay, Sinner, and then even guys that are a little bit older, Sock, Kyrgios, Medvedev. You know, they're all pretty much full poly. Um, When you look at the older, like some of the older players, you got you know Roger, obviously Novak, uh, Murray, all using gut hybrid. Um, Roger and Novak go gut in the mains. Murray goes poly in the mains with the gut in the crosses. But those guys kind of, you know, kind of take some of the classic string with the with the poly, and kind of, you know, matches their game pretty mm-hmm. well. But then you have some of the older players too that are, uh, like when we talked about earlier, with Jay saying, you know, the the sort of grass court or hard court players kind of using the mix, and then the the dirt ballers the clay quarters <laughs> really using that that full bed of poly. So that kind of, you know, kind of gives you a recap, at least like on the ATP side, what's kind of what's kind of going on. But then there's a lot of individual preference in there. You got Rafa using his full bed of uh, 15L RPM blast. Uh, Mm -hmm. You got, you know, Stan the man using full, full bed of 16 gauge poly. So, you know, a lot of it's just mechanics, preference and feel, that type of thing. I don't know if Jay had anything to add to that. Uh,
0: Yeah, I have
2: to agree with everything you
0: said. Um, I guess another point that I think is is worth noting um, is that there are, for me personally, I think there are some strings like polyesters that suit rackets um, more more than others do. Mm-hmm. You know, like something like alloy power um, will will play great. Like, will, will play even better in some rackets than they will in other rackets. Like, you know, big. For me personally, I find that specifically alloy power will play better in a controlled racket um, because you're getting more of that feel out of it compared to you know an oversized like powerful frame. Um, and then yeah, on the flip side, you know, like RPM blast, I think plays better. Like you know, an oversized, powerful frame compared to that control-oriented frame. Um, so yeah, if you're in the market to you know try to you know find something new, um, try different things. Um, it might be worth trying, um, you know, the same string but in different rackets, or you know, and just and just experimenting and just seeing. And how, how they play and how they feel because, yeah, I mean, and it, it's all personal preference as well at the end of the day. Um, but I think that, yeah, it, it is so personal that um, just fine and see how, how it goes to you.
1: Yeah, that's a good point for sure. Definitely, um, I've noticed that too. Sometimes I hate ALU and I'm like, how oh, is this the most popular string on tour? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then sometimes you put it in the rack and it just feels amazing.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm trying to think of the last one we had it in that just felt it just made the racket feel perfect. Uh, oh, I, I I loved it in the the new twenty twenty one Pure Drive.
1: Okay, that's what I was gonna say yeah. because um, normally great. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it felt great in that racket. And then I remember years back, this is a random racket, but the Yonex V Core SV ninety five. For some reason, when we first got it, we put Alu Power in there, and it, I don't know if it was just the tension, but like it just felt like the ball. I know that racket had a technology where it's supposed to help enhance the pocketing, mm. but with that Alu Power in there, it was like it just felt like the ball sat on the strings for like. 30 seconds it just, it just felt yeah. great yeah, yeah it's weird how that clicks sometimes and then some rackets you know most rackets uh hyper g feels great that's like one of our favorites yeah but then every, every now and then you put hyper g on a certain frame like we tried on the cts that classic oh remake yeah print. yeah i hated and, it. And it, it it didn't gel well totally um, so it's kind of weird and definitely what jay was saying uh there's definitely rackets out there that are string sensitive.
0: I've got I've got alloy in, in a blade, and I reckon that is like is like perfect. And I, I strung a, a pure arrow in like three weeks ago with alloy power, and I hated it. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> it's weird.
1: It's <hilarious. laughs> definitely a racket sensitive string.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, well, to kind of wrap this one up, I wanted to ask about any weird quirks that you've heard about players when they are getting their racket strum or certain things that they have to have. The first thing that comes to mind, and I'll pro- I'm sure you might know this story better than me, is there's a player that always has to have the sparkly heart dampener
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> in racket.
0: Mm-hmm. yes
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm like he was yeah Troy can tell it
2: (laughs) well I don't know the details of the the exact details of the story I just know that it's born a church yes and um he was at one year one of the years at Indian Wells a couple years ago uh his him or one of his coaches or team members came in and they wanted to buy like all of our inventory of that that sparkly heart dampener because he had to use that dampener that's the one dampener I don't know if it was like a superstition or yeah something to do with his personal life, you know, relationship wise. I don't, I don't know, nice. but, uh, some, there's more, maybe more details on that, but, uh, he definitely needed that sparkly heart dampener for his, for his Wilson racket. Yeah. Um, and they were like, can we buy all of them? And we only had like one or two or like, I think we had like the bucket full of like a mixture of dampeners okay. and we we're like picking through looking for all the, the, the clear, it couldn't be the red sparkly one. It had to be the clear sparkly one, That's
0: but that so was funny. for, uh,
2: that was for Borna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Any other weird stories like that, or funny stories like
0: that? I don't have that many. But like I, so yeah, as I sort of alluded to before, like the, the ATP Cup, um, I, I strung it at the start of the year, um, and so a couple of players went through there um, that we did. So Nadal, Medvedev, um, John Isner, Fognini are the main ones that we sort of looked after, um, and yeah, not not too weird, but like most of them want their racket strung, like like, right before their match, like, Nadal was, like, he wanted it, I think it was, like, it was, like, two hours or three hours before his match, and then some of them he wanted, like, to us string at the start of his match and then for them to be poured out as he was playing. Um, so, yeah, he had, like, some super fresh. Um, and, oh, Nadal, man, he is such, like, I, I had this weird moment with Nadal, which, like, I mean, I, I didn't speak to him or anything, but, he is like the most competitive man you've ever seen in your life. Like no, I, remember, no I mean man. I mean uh, I shocked mean, uh, shocked. Yeah. like I remember like um he was waiting to come on court and I've never seen somebody in the zone as much as Nadal was when I walked past him. Like I literally he was just standing there, like I think he had his headphones on, and he's doing like you know his jogging, and like he's jump up and down as he does. But like I walked past him and I've looked at him and he looked like straight at me. But he, I could see that he was not looking at me. He was looking like through me. Like he, he, did, he didn't even, I guess, notice that I was there. He was just so in the zone. And I was like, I did not want to be um, the guy on the other side right now. I'm like this is a book. Like yeah, you, you know, yeah. This is, it's crazy.
2: He doesn't um, he doesn't I mean, even know where the, the doors are, you know, that, that one time He don't even he don't even know he's at. He's just crazy, man.
0: He's just he's just in the zone. He's not noticed anything else, what what else is going on? He's so hot for the match, which is great to say. I love that. Absolutely love that.
2: I, I remember one time at uh, Indian Wells, Fognini walked into the back of our tent and just like popped his head in. And like, no one knew, there was a couple of people working there that were just like stalking. They didn't really know like all the tour players. So they're like, mm-hmm. who's this guy? Like thinking he was an intruder or something. And then I walk back there like one of our managers are back there and like, oh, hey, Fabio. And he's just like looking around. He's like, you guys got a lot of Turner Grip? You know, like he just wanted to, he wanted to buy like all of, and he's like looking through the bins and he's like, you sure you don't have more Turner Grip? Like he was like going to buy out like all of our Turner Grip stock, you know, like, they're like Fabio. He's just like walking around like, yeah, I'm Fabio. I'll do what I want, you know? <laughs> yeah definitely a popular move
1: with his like yeah. painted asics gel rez
2: shoes <laughs> yeah yeah he that's what he was asking for gel Reses. because he wanted to buy the rest of our stock and turn it yeah, good
1: yeah that's the other kind of wild thing and it's been cool to be able to be at these tournaments and see the players but like you think these are top players they're like super dialed in they have everything but at the end of the day Sometimes they forget their crap too, and like, or they run out of equipment, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you need, you need,
0: who, who was it at the French like two or three days ago? Um, I'm blanking on the name, I can't remember the name.
1: The girl that uh, broke yeah. all her strings,
0: yeah, she, I think she only had three rackets, right? She had yeah. three rackets, and then, yeah, and you're broke like, all what? Strings. Yeah. yeah, broke all her strings, had no rackets left, and then had the. Was it borrowing a coach's? she's playing like a vehicle Pro, and they should to borrow a coach's Pure Drive, um, and then, and then, unfortunately, lost the third set six-one.
1: I think she was like uh, in yeah. tears too, and I'm yeah, like...
0: it was hard, like, tough to watch. So, yeah. But, yeah, it happens to everyone, you know. You think that they've got like 10, 20 rackets, they've got you know abundance of, of reels of string and grips, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes it's, it's not possible.
1: Um, And we are going to do an episode on players and footwear, but I have to tell this story real quick. And I don't know, Troy, if you were there that day or night, it was a night match actually. But at BMP, it was a couple years back now, there was a player and I can't remember who it was, but he went through his shoes so bad that the commentators on TV were like, get tennis warehouse please go give them a pair of shoes and we didn't sell shoes at the time um at the tournament but we are in 2021 so get excited for that um and like you just could see literally like his foot was raw and bleeding because it was like the side the medial side he had completely run through them and you would think i think he ended up getting a pair of shoes maybe from his coach it was insane mm. and i wish i remember who it was and it, it was i can't think feathers. of the player
2: now that you say that i remember there was that one video or one match of noah rubin where his shoe literally like <laughs> Fell opened <apart>. up like <laughs> yeah. the, the sole came apart you know as he was like running down a ball you yeah know, he blew the basically blew the tire yeah but i, can, I can't think. I remember noah. i remember the story of that though like the the medial side of him sliding and
1: I want to say it was yeah. up-and-comer, but I can't remember. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
2: it's wild. <laughs> Does the pass also have
0: shoe issues? Like, his laces yeah. kept breaking or something? Like, I can't remember yeah. exactly what that was. Um, well,
2: there was the, the story when he was – I don't know if it was an exhibition or an actual tour match, but he was playing Kyrgios, and the dad was trying to get shoes from the crowd to, to Stefanos, and uh nick was like they were like joking around the whole time because of their buddies i guess but he went up to the state the stadium nick curios grabbed the shoes from the dad and like delivered them to stefanos like he was like a prince you know like <laughs> um, you know it was funny he's like i'm your servant here, you go. here you go. yeah funny.
1: yeah we'll have to do a bunch of uh we'll do a shoe a shoe episode to come i promise because that i would we can definitely talk about that all day too and so speaking of sissy pass, he's had some shoe snafus, um, including the staikon. So we can talk about that um, in a future episode. But anything else uh, that comes to mind that would be of interest on ATP or WTA string setup? Um, I
0: think we've covered it all, almost. <laughs> I'm sure I'm missing some stuff.
1: Hopefully, we get a, a, more tournaments to come this year, and hopefully, 2021 is ready and we are all going to be able to be at some of these tournaments and be a part of it and learn more things about these players and their setups so we can report back to the listeners and if anyone out there has any questions whatsoever about any players playing with certain strings or tensions we will do our best to help you figure it out you can email us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com And be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We have some really cool videos. I know Jay hosted one earlier this year on all the pro setups at the tournament. He was stringing at, um, we have a bunch, we've worked with a bunch of players as Troy alluded to, and they often talk about their string setup and everyone on our videos is completely authentic. They're telling you exactly what they use. So it's not fabricated. It's not an endorsement. It's actually their setup. So, definitely go check that out if you're interested in learning more about that stuff. But other than that, thank you guys for joining me. This was super fun. Always love chatting. And we'll do a shoe one coming soon next time. So happy hitting.
0: Yep, sounds good. Thanks. See ya.
1: This microphone, like $200 microphone.
2: Yeah, and, for Roger. And
1: then for Roger, I use my beats. <laughs> and I, you guys, I was like so nervous and like running around. I had 25 minutes and then yeah. I was like. That was
2: probably the last thing you were thinking about. Yeah. Next time. I know. Yeah, next time. Yeah, there's no
1: next time. Why <laughs> like, yeah. don't you do that again? Darren, if you're listening, because he's editing all the audio, I will never forget.